Who are some teams that the Auburn Tigers can upset in 2022? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagerbean. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Fun topic today. We're going to be joined by Lance Dahl AuburnDaily.com. There's several, Lance, several toss-up games on this schedule that we've all kind of identified. Auburn has a 50-50 shot, you know, Penn State, LSU, Arkansas, maybe both of the Mississippi schools on the road. Some people are putting A&M in there. I'm not personally, but um, a lot of, of toss-up games. There's also a handful of games where a lot of folks aren't giving Auburn too much of a shot. And so I think it'd be fun to kind of look at some of these matchups this year and say, okay, who can Auburn upset this season? And you put up a story at AuburnDaily.com talking about how the Auburn Tigers can upset the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, recently I've been getting, I've been hung up on the Auburn-Georgia rivalry. I've been kind of frustrated with the way things are going. You know, Auburn hasn't won a game against the Bulldogs in quite some time now. Just been a lot of pent-up frustration. You know, I'll go back and I'll watch highlights on YouTube and I'll never see recent games of Auburn having even good moments against Georgia, scoring touchdowns, period, against the Bulldogs. And it's been a really long time since Auburn's beaten them in Athens. 2005 actually was the last time uh, the Tigers went in there and won, if I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I recently put up an article explaining why I think Auburn can get it done in Athens this season. I legitimately believe I think this is their best shot that they've had in a really long time, and a lot of it has to do with the with competent quarterback play. And that's one of the things that I that I say in the article. I don't think, and you've talked about this before on your show. Mm-hmm. I don't think Auburn's quarterback room has a high ceiling. But the floor, I think, definitely is there. I think that there is a baseline of consistency that I think this quarterback room can produce, whether that be Robbie Ashford, TJ Finley, Zach Calzada, a lot of people leaning towards Calzada right now. I think if they're healthy, Auburn can go in there and expect their quarterback to not make poor decisions or turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. I don't think Auburn's going to go into Athens and have a Bonix moment where he throws three interceptions and is running for his life. I think Auburn is going to scheme this game a little bit better. I think overall, I think the quarterback play will be improved. You don't need an electric quarterback to win a football game, and Georgia was proof of that last season, winning a national title with Stetson Bennett. So, yeah, I think competent quarterback play is one of the big reasons why I think Auburn can get this done. And so the competent quarterback play is just having a higher floor. You're not looking for flash. You're just looking for consistency here. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, again, it could be, we don't know who's going to start. It could be Calzada. It could be Finley. It could be Ashford. I'm leaning towards Calzada. And so I'm kind of thinking of this game in that light of, okay, yeah. Calzada is going to have five games in this system. He's going to be a little bit more comfortable going into uh, a very difficult environment, but still, I think Auburn definitely has an opportunity if their quarterback has that high floor. I think another reason that you have to 
believe Auburn has a decent shot in this game is improvement in the trenches, both on yeah. the offensive and defensive line. You talked about it on uh, yesterday's show, I believe, talking about the improvement across the offensive and defensive lines. You've been talking about snap counts and how Auburn can really take the next step in a lot of different areas. Phil mm -hmm. Steele is very, very high on Auburn's offensive line this season. I'm not quite there with the Tigers O-line, but I still think that they're going to take at least somewhat of a step forward this season. If they can improve run blocking, it's going to open up a lot of different things for this Auburn offense against Georgia's defense, and it's still going to be stout. We're going to talk about Georgia's defense in a little bit. I think it's still going to be stout, but if Auburn can establish the run just a little bit better than they did last season, it's going to open up a lot more things for this offense, and it will allow a guy like Zach Calzada to just simply take what the defense gives them and to kind of dump things off and just kind of dink and dunk down the field. And you may say Auburn may not have the ability to do that. You got to see Auburn's first two or three scripts against the Bulldogs last season. They were marching. They found ways to get guys open in space on short to intermediate routes. They were working their way down into the red zone. I think, again, you get a competent quarterback. You get a run game that's just a little bit better, an offensive line with a little bit more push. You can work, Georgia, I think, at least for three quarters. Right, yeah, and I think a lot of people would take that, you know, as far as, you know, what, if Auburn goes 8-4, and four, what do those four losses look like? Or if they go 7-5, and five, what do those five losses look like? That matters. That certainly matters when you talk about growing this program and building it um, over the next few years under Brian Harson. My, a concern of mine, I'm not going to say my biggest concern, but a concern of mine about the Georgia situation is, is Auburn's first road action of the season. And so, whether it's TJ Finley or Zach Calzada or Robbie Ashford, that's going to be a situation where it's going to be a little bit different. Now, fortunately, two of those three guys have started in SEC road environments before. Like that's, that's a good thing. But I think it's just going to be so much of a different situation where it's going to be really hard to, to prep for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's going to be regardless of what Auburn's record is heading into this game, it's going to be a big matchup. It's the deep South soldiers rivalry. It's a big game, but I also think on the flip side of that, and that's a very legitimate concern is how does Auburn look in their first road action? I think it's also an opportunity to look at and say, what's Auburn's momentum look like heading into this game. And that was one of the reasons that I, I think Auburn can potentially get this done uh, this season is, is all if Auburn starts the season off hot, if they win their first five games, somehow, some way, they've got a lot of momentum heading into that game against Georgia. This is a team coming off a national championship. What does the fatigue look like there? What does losing 15 players to the NFL drafts look like? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be as talented as they were on the defensive side of the ball? Specifically, I think their linebacking core is going to be, I wouldn't say a weakness, because again, I think it's going to be a very strong unit, but I think that's an area that Auburn can certainly attack. Uh, again, going back to just getting to the second level, running the ball, and then also right. short to intermediate routes, just kind of picking the middle of that defense apart. But yeah, I, I think Auburn could potentially be holding a lot of momentum heading into this matchup. And so that may offset what could potentially be a factor with this crowd and with this environment. So uh, I understand the concern. I think it's very, very valid. But also, like, what if Auburn's 5-0? and I definitely think that's something you have to think about. That'd be incredible. If Auburn goes into this game 5-0, and that's going to be an incredible environment in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, and then, you know, does, does Auburn have a guy emerge offensively? Does Tank Bigsby do what he's capable of doing and the Auburn offense allow him to do what he's capable of doing? 
And then do you have a receiver or two or an offensive weapon step up? And I say offensive weapon because it can be anybody. It could be John Samuel Shanker taking the next step or getting more involved. It could be Coy Moore, which is a guy that I'm very, very high on. Deshed Jackson put it all together. Do they find a way to be effective with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter? I mean, I don't think they need everyone to be great to beat Georgia, but I think they need certain guys to step up and then other guys to kind of fall in line and everybody figure out their role over the first five weeks of the season. That's yeah. gonna be a that's gonna be a huge part of it, Lance. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, you're gonna have five weeks to kind of identify some of those guys within yeah. your within your receiver room or just to, within your offensive skill players to to see okay who are some of my playmakers and who are some guys that I can get to ball, the ball to. And that's actually one of my final reasons here is I think Auburn's gonna have better decision making specifically on the offensive side of the ball. You look at games against Mississippi State, South Carolina, Penn State. Very questionable decisions by this coaching staff in certain moments that kind of didn't necessarily directly cost Auburn the game within those moments, but they certainly didn't help Auburn's chances to win, especially late in those contests. So I think that making adjustments, not just on offense, but also both sides of the ball, I think Parson will time things better this season. There are a lot of times last season where it's just like, why are you running a trick play here? Why are you running this year? Why aren't you giving the ball to Tank Bixby right now? I think now that he's gotten his feet wet, He's moved in the SEC territory. He understands what it's going to take to win this game, and he understands how to game plan. The reason that we know how he, uh, the reason we know he knows how to game plan, Iron is Bowl. because what we saw in the Iron Bowl yep. last year defensively. So yeah, I think Auburn's going to be better decision making wise heading into this contest. All right, I'm going to share mine, who I think Auburn can upset this season in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You know, is your car an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders each part from their computer, and you can just do it from your phone. Odds are you're listening to this show or watching this show on a smartphone. Head over to rockauto.com and check out their easy-to-navigate website. You don't have to know anything about cars. You'll be able to figure it out. You pick what your car is and what year it is and what model it is, and boom, everything is right there for you. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. Lance, I know I kind of uh, teased this game at the start of the show, but I think the the Auburn Tigers can upset Texas A&M. And I think the most obvious reason for that is the opposite of why I'm most concerned about the Georgia game is where it's being played. And it's being played at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And even though the Auburn-Texas A&M series has been a little weird, where like the away team won the first several times that they played each other, I still think you'd rather play anybody at home, right? I, I don't care what the stats say. I, I think Auburn would want to play this game, and it's going to come at a point of a season where I think actually helps Auburn a little bit. Auburn plays Mississippi State the week before. Of course, that game is in Starkville. And the Aggies play, they host Florida in, um, in College Station. But... And while Mississippi State may be better than Florida this year, it's too early to tell. We'll have to see. Mississippi State will not be better than Florida because of physicality. They they do it with finesse, with what the air rate is. 
And even on defense, uh, I just don't think they're a physical group. I think they can win football games, but I don't think they do it through physicality. With what Billy Napier is going to employ at, uh, at Florida, it's going to be a much more physical team. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that year one. We'll have to wait and see. But I think there's a chance that, um, that Texas A&M is a little beat up after playing Florida, more so than Auburn would be Mississippi State. No, I definitely think that that makes sense. And like you said, Florida, while they may not be able to establish their identity to perfection in year one, I definitely think that when you look at the the play styles of both Florida and Mississippi State, I think the argument can easily be made that Florida is definitely going to be a more physical and more physically taxing team to play than Mississippi State. I will give credit to Mississippi State's defense. They're not half bad, and they do play with a little bit of an edge. So I definitely think the Bulldogs – I agree with you. I think they 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 aren't necessarily the most physical team. If I had to pick a team to play, I would rather play Mississippi State uh, heading into a matchup with Texas A&M. So I definitely think that is a concern. You also look at the games before Florida and Mississippi State for both these respective schools. Auburn will play Arkansas at home, sure, and then Texas A&M will play Ole Miss at home. And I definitely think that Ole Miss this season has an opportunity to kind of redo what they did last year. Now, are they going to win 10 games? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they've brought in a lot of different transfers, a lot of different really talented guys. I'm curious to see what that Ole Miss squad looks like, especially that late in the year. I think they could give A&M a run for their money. You look at A&M's quarterback situation right now, if it's still a question mark or if it's still inconsistent at that part in the year, those are two tough games for the, for the Aggies right there. Yeah, and Arkansas... I'm pretty low on them this year, and it has nothing to do with their head coach. I think their head coach is really good, and I actually think the team is going to be decent. But their slate before they play Auburn is kind of intense. They open up with Cincinnati, which I don't know why they scheduled that game. I mean, all the pressure is on them. All the pressure is on Arkansas. Why did they do that? Um, Then South Carolina, Missouri State. Then Texas A&M, Alabama at Mississippi State, at BYU. Like, that's just, that's not an easy slate to start things off. And so, you know, what does Arkansas look like if they lose three or four of those games going into the bye week before Auburn? Uh, I I think Auburn may get a different version of an Arkansas team at that point of the year than what we're expecting uh, for them going into the season. Is that crazy to say? You remember last year whenever Ole Miss came into, uh, came into Auburn and the storyline was Ole Miss is so beat up that they can't really compete with Auburn at a high level because of how many injuries they have. Yeah. We may see a similar storyline with the Arkansas Razorbacks heading into the contest with the Tigers this season. Also, who, like you, you mentioned, the Cincinnati game, who in their right mind schedules a road trip to BYU right smack dab in the middle of the year? It's That's weird. a good team. It's, yeah, it's and, very, and you're going there. If it's in Fayetteville, I don't think a whole lot about it. But yeah, it's a it's a non-conference game against what's about to be a Power Five program. Like, why are you? What what do you get out of doing that, Arkansas? You're in yeah, the good. SEC West. Why are your non-conference games uh, a playoff team from last year, and then a road game against a a team that's about to be in the Pac-12? Like, what are you thinking? Really, really confusing. But to, to tie it all back to, to talking about this, this Auburn A&M game here, yeah. I think one team definitely has is, is going to be less beat up. And so, you, like you mentioned, you tie in the fact that it's at Jordan-Hare. You also tie in the fact that Texas A&M is 98th nationally in returning production. They've got a really talented class coming in. How does Jimbo Fisher implement that talent? He's not been great at it in the past. Can he do it this season? We'll just have to see. 
there's going to be a lot of retooling for this Aggies team. And one of the positions that they have to figure out is quarterback, right? They've got a couple different guys that I think can be good questions about consistency for me, especially on the road. A&M's offensive line last year was not phenomenal. They bring back two starters this year. Auburn's pass rush, we mentioned improvement in the trenches, talking about Auburn versus Georgia. That defensive line is going to be really good this season, I think. A lot of things going Auburn's way in this game. Also, something that you were probably going to bring up, A&M, uh, excuse me, Auburn didn't score an offensive touchdown right. last, or well, neither team did. A&M didn't score an offensive touchdown against the Tigers last game. So how does their offense survive in Jordan-Hare after Auburn brings back a decent amount of their production? You know, So there's a lot of things, I think, going in Auburn's favor heading into this matchup and it may be one of those things where on paper it's like well Mississippi or excuse me A&M's a really good team they've got a decent record they'll be favored Auburn may come into that game I'm not saying blow them out but they could win by 10 or 14. Let me ask you this let's assume Zach Calzada starts for this is there any does it benefit Auburn that you have a motivated Zach Calzada revenge game type situation or does it benefit A&M because they know everything about Zach Calzada? I think that it can definitely go both ways. If you're looking at the Zach Calzada being the beneficiary of, of this contest, I mean, you saw what he did whenever he was willing to put everything on the line. He was willing to go out there and just give a really gutsy performance. Whenever he put his best foot forward, it resulted in a win against Alabama. Yeah. If he wants to go out there and perform well, I think that he could go out there and perform well against a secondary that he was practicing against uh, every single day last fall. So I definitely think that that's uh, that's a good thing. But also on the flip side, A and M returns four starters uh, in their secondary. Four of their five starters on defense are from that secondary. That was one of the best in the country, top twenty nationally, actually last season. So I definitely think it can go both ways for sure. No, th- there's no question about it. All right, we uh, it's always fun during the off season to to speculate who will be representing your school. At SEC Media Days, we have that conversation in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Um, College athletics are done until this fall, which is super, super sad, but you can still get in on the action with Major League Baseball. And then also you can check out eSports if you're into that sort of thing. And then if you just can't help yourself and you want to look at some football futures, there is a ton, a ton of college football and professional football future bets and lines all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Lance, before we jump into this final topic, how can people check out everything that you have going on? You got a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you can read my content over at AuburnDaily.com. Got a lot of stuff that we're putting out there. Recently been doing uh, an Auburn schedule analysis, going through every single game and grading every single position group of every single opponent Auburn will play about halfway through the season uh, right now. For the Tigers, follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. And then also listen to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I know a lot of Auburn fans here, not the the, uh, kindest towards Kentucky fans, but if you have any interest in seeing what's going on in the Bluegrass State, Definitely go check my podcast out. Perfect. Perfect. Um, all right. So who do you think Auburn will take with them to SEC Media Days? Last year was a little different due to COVID. They they dropped. Um, they normally take three players with them. Last year it was two. And so assuming we're going to jump back up to three, you know, last year the guys were Owen Papo and Bo Nix. Obviously, Bo Nix will not be representing Auburn. You got to think Owen Papo will again. Um, I think if you take him one year, 
and then you don't take him the next year, I think it opens up a ton of potential storylines that you don't want from arguably the most talented and most athletic player on your roster. So I think Owen Papo is one of them. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and list mine out, Lance, and then you can give your thoughts and share your opinion. But I think the other two are John Samuel Shanker. He has just been a spokesman for Brian Harson amidst the drama. He's gone on several shows and talked up what they're doing. He really believes in the process and what Auburn's trying to build. So Owen Papo, John Samuel Shanker, and then Nick Brahms. Um, choosing to come back, I think that meant a lot to... Brian Harson and I think Nick Brahms is the kind of guy that Brian Harson likes just to kind of get in there and grind and and, and do it. Um, so yeah, those are my three. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, I think those three are pretty spot on. You're you're looking for SEC media days. You're looking for an experienced veteran starter, and so you could look at guys like Austin Troxel potentially as a veteran guy, but we don't even know if he's going to be starting for this offensive line. We're still trying to work the rotation out there. Mm-hmm. So I think that Schenker, Brahms, and Papo, all three are really good selections. Like you mentioned with Papo, if you took him last year, why wouldn't you want to take him again this year? Uh, I definitely think that that makes sense. Nick Brahms, perfect selection. I think that's a perfect selection. And then John Samuel Schenker makes sense. Something that I threw out to you before we started recording. Uh, Of course, the more we think about it, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Anders Carlson, another veteran presence on this team. Uh, His brother was taken to SEC Media Days a few years ago. He could be a potential option. Sure. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think outside of these three guys, Brahms, Schenker, and Papo, there's not a ton of candidates that would be that would make a ton of sense to take to SEC Media Days, unless you disagree. Yeah, Derek Hall, I think, would be fourth on my list. Um, Eculiota would probably be up there as well. Sure. Colby Wooden, I think, is interesting. And people are like, why aren't you taking Tank? I just don't think this is Tank's thing. I, I don't think yeah. Tank Bixby would want to be there, unless he does. And then, obviously, I think if you're Brian Harson, you got to do what Tank wants. But um, Shedrick Jackson, I think, is a candidate as well. But after that, I mean, there's just been so much turnover in most of these positions. Like, I think that's kind of it. Yeah, to be honest with you, I, th- I think of Derek Hall as a potential replacement for one of these three guys. Yeah. But again, these guys, all three of these guys have been in the program for so long and they've had so much experience. I just think that they, these three take the cake over some of these other guys. Although I would not be surprised, no disrespect to these other players. I'm just saying in the light of SEC media days and like what would be best to take, uh, I think that these three guys definitely do it. Let me tell you what Brian Harson should do. And this is about 10% serious. His three guys should be Zach Calzada, TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford, and he should just burn the world down. Dude, <laughs> imagine, imagine the media reaction. It would be incredible, Lance. That would be a national storyline, and Brian Harson just kind of go up. Oop, lost. Up there, you are. Just, uh, just, just him kind of getting up and saying, "I want to see how these quarterbacks respond to pressure, and uh, and how they represent the university." So, couldn't think of a better place to do it. And be like, man, Brian Harson, you dog. That would be awesome. And the first question I would ask in the media room is, which one of you is focused in having fun this season? You think that would, I guess Finley would probably be the most familiar with that joke, I guess, just because he was here last year. Yeah, for sure. And that'd be awesome. I mean, that would just be hilarious, but obviously won't happen. But that would, that would literally, I I know what happened with Texas and Oklahoma and all the other things about Bryce Young getting a million dollars last year at SEC media days. That would take the cake everyone would be talking about that. That would be phenomenal. It would make some people really, really mad and angry. <laughs> I would become like, I, I, I would love it. 
I would absolutely love it. Um, but, you know, and, and the people that would hate it would be like, well, you're taken away from other kids that have earned it. And like, that's probably true. That is probably true. And that's why it won't happen. But man, it'd be hilarious, Lance. It would be the funniest thing in the world if he did that. <laughs> Took all at the, three at quarterbacks. The same time, at the same time, sure, we may be taken away from other kids. It's just SCC media days, guys. Like, come on, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's just, let's, let's throw something fun out there. No, you're that's right. Like a, that's a Mike Leach thing to do or a Lane Kiffin thing to do. Just bring all three quarterbacks and be like, I don't know who's, who it's going to be. Yeah, but there, you there. guys love talking to quarterbacks, so there you go. Yeah, so what better what better group to talk to? That's right. You get all three of them in one place. Lance, one more time real quick. How can people find you here, your reach, all that stuff, buddy? You can follow me on Twitter at Lance.Underscore. underscore. Read my content over at AuburnDaily.com and check out the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Yes, Lance knocks it out of the park on all of those things. Hey, join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is in the episode description down below. You can read all of my written work at auburndaily.com as well. And we're talking all things Auburn Cruton with John Garcia on tomorrow's show. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn.